0: You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, and for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Recording live via, via the internet, I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 169, the California Dreaming Edition.
1: Yep, on such a sunny day. Such uh, a winter's day, I guess, but not a
0: winter's day. Uh, a couple things, man, a couple things. First, uh, welcome back.
1: Yeah, thanks. As the song says, welcome back, your dreams were your ticket out. That's what I said at work the other day when they welcomed me back. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, I feel, number one, literally welcome back. Um, You you took a birthday trip, which we will chat about. Um, But also, figuratively welcome back. I feel like we haven't recorded a podcast uh, in a long time. Yeah, it's been rough. I mean, I was trying to get
1: it in that day that I was... Supposed to be leaving, but I was just too far behind the gun since I'm not exactly – since I had to pack, actually, that day on top of it. And there was more to do than I anticipated.
0: Yeah, well, it's tough, man. We both – you know, we've we've talked about kind of the transitionary periods uh, that we're in 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 terms of work. But also, um, I was hell-bent and determined – to get a solid two-week vacation in starting July 1st, I had arranged for the dogs to be gone. I had rented out my bedroom uh, starting July 1st. <laughs> Would you you who'd you rent it out, to? So, um, there was a there was a guy uh, who is a uh, colleague of mine. He, he, he does, oh, I
1: love that you use the term colleague. He he does very European.
0: He does. <laughs> he does walks with us, and he, um, his younger sister, interned with us. She's one of our best employees. She's like s- super kid, and this is her older brother who started doing war- walks with us a few a few months ago. He had just gotten a full time job down here uh, at one of the local hospitals, and it would have been an hour and a half commute for where he was living so I just happened to have an opening uh one of the month-to-monthers took off and I said hey man listen if you want a place just while you get your feet wet I got a room for you give me a couple bucks no worries so June turned into July and he still hadn't found a place yet and I had uh, med students coming in in the beginning of July um so I was a little overbooked, but I could I could definitely use the cash. So um, I was headed out of town for two weeks anyway, and I was like, "Hey, I guarantee you two weeks. And if uh, I extend my vacation, you can you know you can keep my room for as long as I'm gone. You know, just give me just give me a couple of bucks a week, just to you know, so I can defray some costs. Yeah. And he was all over that. So. Um, he ended up taking my room uh, for the first uh, three weeks of July.
1: <laughs> so where where have you
0: been? So because um, I know you didn't go on any vacation. I was in the Poconos for all two right, years. all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went up there on July first, and I stayed up there till till July fifteenth, and then. Um, and I can't help it. The other day I heard the song "We Gotta Get Out <laughs> of This Place," and that's all I think about
1: now. <laughs> Go um, to the poker nose.
0: So much so that I don't even know what the real lyrics to that song are anymore, thanks to you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined it for me, too, even though it's a really good song. <laughs> uh,
0: so then the, um, the next week was... Um, uh, I stayed in Jackson for a couple days, and then my parents went back up to the Pocono. So I, I house sit, uh, I house sat for them, and did a couple errands around their place, and um, okay. finally got back into Asbury Park this weekend, and have just been kind of nonstop, uh, since between trying to get back to work. Uh, even though it's a slow time, it's you know it's like there's a lot to do, but. I'm not motivated to do it because it's the slow time and then trying to catch up on all the shit that i missed around here yard work and you know house chores and stuff like that it's been like an exhausting week
1: well at least you made some money though
0: <laughs> yeah oh totally man totally although it's ne- it's never found money you know it's not like yeah. oh shit you know i made a couple bucks let me go uh, you know, on a little trip, or let me do this. I'm like, well, let me pay the fucking credit cards that I'm behind on, of let course, me pay my it's... electric bill, of course, that's life. And this is the time where I uh, renegotiate my, you know, my yearly, uh, my, my yearly contractor agreement with, uh, with Hilltop. So that gets stressful and trying to, like, you know, get blood out of a turnip, um, and you know. Yeah, my yeah. options like is it time to pack that up and really meanwhile, some... you don't want
1: to pass up the money,
0: yeah, exactly, because it's better bird in the hand, totally. Yada yada totally. yada. And if I look at it like you know, that I am an independent contractor, I have my own company, I'm servicing you know, clients, quote unquote, clients, even though he happens to be my only real client. I, you know, I'm still only working three quarter time and and making enough money to get by, which is enough incentive for me to stick with it because the promise of the real money is still out there with the yep. mediation. Yeah, so, I love the flexibility of it. Oh yeah, and like you know, my quality of life, my, my mental, uh, my quality of mental health is so much better. Even though I'm super busy, in pockets throughout the year, um, you know I just basically July is is like a wash. You know I'm not yeah. logging any real billable hours because I've logged them all already. So it's yep. it's a tough gig to walk away from. And and I finally got uh, my health insurance covered. So that's a big that's a big get. That's nice. Yeah, that's definitely so, a big deal. Because a couple years ago. Um, I wasn't, I, I qualified for subsidies. Yeah. Last year, I made too much money. I didn't qualify for any subsidies. So even though I was making more money, I was actually making less money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause Cause because spent- I, I had more expenses. And so this year, I had <sighs> to eliminate that. And I'm getting, you know, a little more savvy with my negotiating tactic and I have a better picture. To be honest, I think this is what life is for a lot of people who are 44, 45 year old successful in their chosen professions because they stuck with a career path coming out of college and they've kind of built on not only their skill set but their knowledge base. Yeah. So they they've encountered these situations 10 or 15 years ago and have been cashing in on them me every three or four years I'm kind of changing my station in life and while my general acumen is pretty high I'm not doing rocket science I'm a pretty smart guy and I'm I'm good with people so that translates well to a lot of industries but like how to milk the most out of your position, or you know, how to squeeze those extra couple bucks out of a client, are things I'm just kind of learning after five years, you know, doing this. Yeah. So, uh, whatever you know, you reset your internal clock, and and you know, you know, forty five is the new thirty five, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. So, with that said, we. You know, we've been juggling a lot, trying to get a lot of shit together, and had two uh, congruent vacation schedules. Yeah, so it's, it's fucking tough to, tough, to get man. down and record. But um, your vacation w- is is much more notable and and much more interesting than mine because, first of all, uh, our second piece of business, actually, so that'd be second of all, uh, is happy birthday, man. Thanks, man thanks um 42
1: yeah i'm officially legal to drink twice over
0: (laughs) unfortunately that's the uh this is the age when it's the hardest to drink twice over you know it's funny
1: about it it's like on my birthday i don't even like get fucked up anymore you know like yeah oh yeah yeah yeah
0: because you you want to do things
1: yeah like especially when i'm by myself you know like on my 40th I was here and went out with friends and they tried to make me do 40 shots which was very terrible and predictably ended before I even reached midnight, you know, before I even reached actual 40. Right. You know cuz right, we had right, to go right. out the night before cuz it was a Saturday cuz my birthday was a Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, but like I'm just thinking about I was thinking about that the other day. I was like well, on my birthday I and got up and I walked way too far and I didn't hike as far as I
0: wanted to because of some poor decisions. Uh, <laughs> Wait, poor hiking decisions or poor life decisions? Poor, well, I guess
1: poor life decisions in some sense. That fact that I'm not a skinny, muscle bound beast, but poor hiking decisions because, in terms of the fact that um, the hike that I wanted to take. I basically screwed up by taking that hike before I got to the hike or taking much of that hike before I got to the
0: actual hike. Okay, all right. Yeah, you know, I right. will but,
1: explain that. Yes. Um. So, all right, well, I might as well just get into the vacation. So the big deal was like, you know, a few years ago, it? it was like right before my 40th when I went to Chicago, which I'd never been to. I'm sitting there thinking about how I sat here letting my life go by without doing shit I should have never done, that I should have done by now, like go to certain cities. Right. You know? Right, and then sort right. of the thing was, well, you better just start doing shit alone, places where you might not necessarily
0: know people, or else you'll never fucking do anything, you know? Was that, we've talked about about kind of the catalyst to the to the travel, and it was your birthday, but was that, Doing it solo was that what was kind of holding you back? Were that was you like... c- one kind of
1: hold back because it's like you know, it's like I don't know. Seems sometimes it seems difficult to do stuff. You know, you know, go different places where you're unfamiliar by yourself. You know, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know, sure. and I don't know too many people that really. Personally, I don't know that many people actually travel alone. You know, okay, straight up. You know, yeah. Um, or were doing it when they were younger, you know. Yeah. Maybe it seems like something that people tend to do a lot more as they get older, you know. Okay.
0: Um. I mean, you understand that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get so- a different perspective, and and one, you're a little you're a little more selective on who you want to do things with. Yeah,
1: that was another issue, you know. And then it was like fuck it i should just start going places and for one i would never take real good vacations because i was at that job where i didn't have real vacation time and what would i do i would go to like boston and stuff and eventually just like when i lived in boston i spent all my vacation time coming here right and i wouldn't right. even use my vacation time all a year because it was like a a loss of money because like yeah you got paid for vacation time but still you were spending money you know i didn't have a bunch of money back then but it's yeah,
0: like, and you. Not only are you are you paying to travel, you're probably traveling during Christmas, so you got to come home. And, yeah. And and do all the Christmas uh, activities yeah. and, um, you know everything's a little more expensive during the holidays. You know, yep. from a travel perspective. So yeah, it's a it's a double whammy.
1: Yeah, it totally is. And then on top of it, what are you doing? You spending all spending all my time to travel to see family you know and that was one of the reasons when i went to law school i was like well i don't know if i'm gonna end up in new orleans for good of course this is 2005 right. you know pre-katrina i was like if i gotta be somewhere at least be there for three years that way i don't have to be traveling to see family all the time right. and because um, that's a pain in the ass you know but then um afterwards i live here and then where do i travel to go to boston to see the same people all the time not that I don't love those people, but I got to start seeing other stuff, you know? Yeah, and then yeah, when yeah. I was at, at my old job, I didn't have vacation time. So it was like if I was taking time off, I wasn't making money. You know, I was like the nature of the legal gig, you know? Yeah. Um, And it, so it was like a double loss if you went traveling. Because not only were you not getting paid, you weren't you you know, you were getting like thousand whatever dollars I was getting every week in a check. I was also expending the thousand something dollars on a vacation. So, so the was great like
0: thing losing two weeks of money, basically the, the great thing about working at, at the bar in college was that, yeah, you didn't make a ton of money, right? But if you worked yeah. a Friday night, you were making that money. Plus you were saving the money you would be spending yeah, on that Friday night, right? Now, yeah, I mean, imagine... even when
1: I was like in Boston, when I worked at the bar for Brian, that was one of the th- one of the bonuses. Yeah, it was nice to make the money. I kind of need it because I wasn't doing anything making a lot of money, but also you're able to be social with getting paid for it.
0: Yeah. Now, now I'm imagine losing that job and losing the privilege at that at those bars right so you go in not, now not only are you are you out on a friday night and you're not making the salary that you were making when you were working but you got to now they took away your privilege so you got to pay cover charge and full price for drinks it's like oh
1: i remember it's, it's graduating an- from college and coming back down here going out to a bar with friends i don't order a round of shots which used to cost me like two dollars in yeah. Fagin's, like, because they put on the tab. You know, you'd always run the tab. Right. End of right. night. I remember, like, end of night, no matter what you got, like, Brian and I would run a tab when we go in there. And no matter, we'd ha- we'd be the center of life of the party, center of the action. And at the end of the night, it'd be $20. And we'd <laughs> give them 40 bucks, 20 for the bill, 20 for the tip, and everyone was happy. Exactly. You know, exactly. came out here. I went around the shots. We're like, Five or six guys, was like fifty-two dollars. I'm like, <laughs> right. Are right. These days are over. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's what your that's what your law firm gig was like. Yeah, yeah. It's like the stark the stark contrast to yep. you know to so, the life as you were used to it. So yeah. So that was it. Two two years ago, right? Three years ago, right before your forty. Two years birthday. ago, right
1: before I turned forty, because it was yeah. July, the week before I turned. You know, because. At that point, it was like, "Well, let me go to Chicago. I'll go see a Cubs game. You know, go see, bring in a White Sox play, and uh, and I'll do my Ferris Bueller thing, which is what I ended up doing. Right. That was the Ferris Bueller vacation.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Um. So, uh, so I, I actually, you know, there was a guy who actually lived in the dorm with me freshman year. Who was, you know. Friends with, not like close friends with, but friends with all throughout Syracuse, you know. And I stayed friendly with, and we we're Facebook. I got in touch with him, you know. And I got off the plane and took an Uber to a cafe there and went and went to Cubs game with him and Allison Galise, who used to work at
0: Sure friggin.
1: Yeah Reagan's hung out with her, went to dinner with her and her husband. And besides that, I just did a bunch of stuff on myself. I think I was only there for like four days, three or four days, maybe. I was like, all right, I can do this, you know, that's cool. You know, and I and at the time I got a nice hotel room because I was like, fuck it, I'm only gone for a few days. So I actually bought a nice hotel room. But then the next year, it was like the next summer was rolling around. I was like, all right, well, I'll go. It was like in early June. I was like, all right, I'm gonna do something. in the fall i'm gonna go on this big trip and then but i'll probably just go to some you know us city for my birthday and it was like the next week when they brought me an office I'm like we can't afford you anymore so then that was on my birthday i was like oh mexico city and go there for kind of cheap which was actually a great decision
0: you know but that yeah, was you even a, you had a good time down there
1: yeah that was a great decision That, but that was even stepping a new barrier gone to a huge city you know, depending on what you read, either the first or second largest city in the Western Hemisphere, jockeying back and forth in New York, you know, one of the top five cities in size in the world, I guess, uh, where I don't speak the native language too well, all by myself. <laughs> right. So I did that, I had a great time, so of course that opened things up, but... Um, So, you know, I decided, I was like, I just need to go somewhere new every year for my birth, you know? So this year it was like, well, I was like, well, I've never been to LA. Like, why haven't I gone? I was like, I was like, I'd like to go see the Dodgers play. So I started looking at the schedule and I saw they were, my birthday was actually the all-star game, you know, that day. Right. But I looked at the schedules and I saw that, hey, they're going to be playing a home series against the Dodgers the weekend before my birthday. I was like, perfect i was like that's what i'm doing i got in touch with my buddy brown i called him i'm like hey you ever been uh to- he lives in san jose and he was at syracuse for like the first two years but we were really tight you know but he had he left you know he ended up transferred to umass but he ended up not even graduating i don't think you know And yeah, that's dad,
0: uh that's california ryan who hates yes Paul. yes
1: and um <laughs> His dad lived up in San Jose back in the day, so he had moved out there for work. Because of course he was from some really small town in the Berkshires. Like his town was is called Sandersfield.
0: Town he's from. Oh, so that's the that's the Thanksgiving Day story where he had no window in his car.
1: Yeah, yeah. His buddy quad Yes, and we talked about that the other day. Of course, because that story will always come up. Right. Right. Um. Uh, so, did you live with this guy? No, no. We lived, we literally lived next door to each other first year in BB through three. Okay. You know, but then he, he had this terrible roommate. And he moved out, but we had become very tight, you know? And um funny thing about it is, we didn't live together a sophomore year. A guy, he ended up living with sophomore year, and another guy, he ended up being miserable. You're talking about, well, why didn't we live together? You know, it was just one of those things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, He's like, he lived in San Jose. I'm like, you ever been to Dodger Stadium? And he's like, no. I was like, well, you know, because he'd always be pressuring me to come out there. Let's go to Lake Tahoe, whatever. You know, because he likes to go hang out in Tahoe and bet on, like, football and college basketball. He's always going out there for March Madness, you know? He's always trying to get me to go. I was like... And um, he's never been here. I've never been there. I was like, "Well, I'm going to Dodger Stadium for my birthday. You should come down and hang out." So he um, he's got a girlfriend. And he's got a son who's right uh, just graduated high school. He's not 18 yet, but he'll be soon because he's heading to Villanova. Oh. Um yeah. Tell me about it. So, um, so he he's like, "All right, yeah, I'm coming down and." And he gets in touch with me, and he was coming down with his girlfriend and the son and some friend of hers, you know, and they got down there the day before I did and I think they came in Thursday night, and I came in Friday night, you know, so uh got a hotel in a place called Agora Hills, which is one of those little towns in California. It's kind of conveniently located to the located near the beach towns, okay, you know, and um. And not so far from Dodger Stadium and all that stuff to make it egregious. So, you know, went down there and on Saturday. Um, we went and hit up Santa Monica, Venice, uh, and also uh, Malibu. We checked that out. You know, made like a quick little run through each, you know, hung out on the okay. beach for a bit. It was very cool, you know?
0: Um, like, you could go, to, you ever been to Santa Monica? Uh no no I uh, I drove through, um Malibu. Yeah, Malibu. You drive. Francisco. You
1: can drive through because you go on. Uh, you know, what was it the one hundred and one or whatever? You know, the yeah. Pacific Coast Highway, basically yep. or whatever, yep. right there. Yeah, but, which is um, really
0: cool. No, I I, I went to like downtown L.A. for breakfast, and that okay. Was it. And I never that. made it to downtown L.A. when I was there.
1: You know? Because it's just such a big fucking city, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It really is. I mean, it's like going to New York. You know, you go to New York, it's not like you're gonna go, you're only there for five days, it's not like you're gonna go to every part unless you're doing some like fucking Anthony Bourdain type of show or something, you know?
0: At several points throughout our relationship, um, dating back to 1999, uh, Roscoe had tried to explain to me not only the geography of L.A., but how it pertained to his life uh, working in, in television and in the movies as well as, as his personal life and where his girlfriend lived. I know he lived in Santa Monica for a while.
1: Yeah, and, well, I'll tell you this much about Santa Monica. It's a type of town you could go there and – you know, go with a girlfriend or whatever, and go there and stay there for like three days and never have to leave the town, and you'd probably have a great time because it's okay. such kind of a pain in the ass to get in the Santa Monica, and there's and it's such a nice little town. There's really no reason to leave it when you're there, you know.
0: Yeah, the and only it, thing I know about Santa Monica is Three's Company.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Venice is right down the way, you know. And I think, I think. This uh three's company house may actually be in, technically be in Venice. Okay, because Venice to, to, is a, is a bit grittier, you
0: know. Yeah, so in my mind, Santa Monica and Venice are your are, are the two classic California beach towns.
1: Yeah, and they're ba- they're right next to each other.
0: Okay. Yeah, right.
1: like you you stay in. You just get on the main road in Santa Monica and you drive down you're in Venice. But it's funny, like you're in Santa Monica. Yeah, it's very touristy too, but it's like, it's a beach town, but it's way nicer. You know, like everything's like, even the pier, you know, where the Ferris wheel and all that, everything there is nicer, you know? Okay. And then you go to Venice and it's a bit grittier. And one of the reasons... We definitely went to Venice. Not that there's no good reason to go to Venice, because it's kind of cool just to check it out anyway. But, uh, you know, they have, um, like, I've seen it in the past years ago, like on TV and stuff. They have Venice Ball, the Venice basketball courts, and there's like a little league. You know, it's sort of like a Rucker Park type of thing, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. And there's a guy out there, and he's announcing the game, and you think, and I thought he was on the um, on the sidelines because all the the audio is coming from sidelines and then you notice he's he's walking around with a microphone in the middle of the court announcing the action. Okay. Yeah? Like it's very much like that whole like Rucker Park type of thing, you know? Got it. Like it's Got actual it. organized basketball playing out on this court and there's little stands and stuff. And um I mean I think it's sort of like the West Coast analogue, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. um ryan's son nate he really wanted to go check that out because you know they live in san jose they never really have hung out down there you know right so it was cool checking that out because it was something interesting and yeah of course you gotta go check out muscle beach which really didn't have too many impressive specimens working out there which was funny (laughs) like we are looking at these guys like these guys look like they should be embarrassed to be working out in front of everybody
0: did you go did you check in and were you like excuse me where's the stationary bike
1: yeah it's so funny because it's not like what i expect you know yeah like, like it's a club right there it's like obviously these guys must be members you know right or whatever but it's like there were there was no bodybuilding dude when we were there you know okay and the image always is the bodybuilding dudes, the
0: arnold's you know yeah. Now, how what's the like what's the physical setup? Is there like is there a, a platform like Yeah, it's the- it's almost like a zoo exhibit. You know, like
1: it's like the the gym is there and it's like there's a big fence around it. Okay. You know, and people are just taking watching and taking pictures. You okay. know, but it's like it's it is a structure. But it's uncovered, but there's some sort of roof on the back end type of thing that you must come in through and there's I'm sure there's probably showers if you go through there or something. Got you it. Know? Okay. All right. Yeah, it's um it's definitely an interesting setup, but it but it was just I was taken aback by how unimpressive the people
0: were that were working. Yeah, yeah. Out. you're expecting like
1: <laughs> Expecting like, all Schwarzenegger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. And you're not getting Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? You were getting guys who's like, oh, I look like I could take that guy, you know? Or,
0: you <laughs> well, know? I'm, I'm sure at this point, it's probably a shitload of money to join.
1: Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, about it. Probably guys just don't want to be involved with it or something, too, you know? Yeah. But you figure, like, on a very pretty saturday you figure the the gym would have some interest in having dudes... Like bodybuilding-looking dudes out there, just because it's part of the, the uh sizzle, you know, the show.
0: Yeah, you figure they they like pay a couple guys. Yeah, that's what I'm there.
1: saying. Like some dudes like that whose job is just to look
0: like muscle beach dudes, you know. Yeah, keep keep up the brand.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, but it was cool, you know. And then we went and hit Wait, Malibu. So I'm and- sorry, you flew out when on Friday? Yeah, Friday. Oh, dude, that was an adventure itself. So um the airport here, you know you got a couple of ways to get there. you can go through the interstate you can go or you can go to Earhart and get off an of airline um well, my flight was for 715 on Friday of course because I'm packing up everything and I was trying to get a meal in me uh sitting here at home knowing that knowing that I was gonna be on a long flight, you know, and and I hadn't eaten since the morning. And my mother's here and she's gonna bring me there. Well, um left here probably around 5 30, 45. Normally that would be fine, you know, but of course, on this day, um, on this day, like around two in the afternoon. A gas tanker truck, <laughs> you know, it had, like had two back wheels fail on it or something, and I guess it hit a railing, and it spilled, puncturing the tank, and it spilled twenty five hundred gallons of gasoline on the on the interstate, not far from the airport. So, um. So anyhow, we get in the car, of course, once you got, you know, we took AirHeart all the way down. That was fine. But once you got off there onto Airline, it was terrible. And that took like 40 minutes. And then you finally get in because everybody's being diverted to Airline off the interstate because they shut the interstate down because they had to clean up the gas, you know? Yeah. And once you get in the airport access road, you think it's going to be cool. In the airport access road, no one's going anywhere. And for whatever reason, the cops shut off the terminal. Like, so you couldn't even drive to the terminal. My mom's like, oh, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I'm looking at my watch. It's like 645. 45 plane's supposed to be living in 715. I'm like, I can't do this. i got to go. You know what I mean? I was going to have to carry on anyway. So I hop out right there and and pick up my backpack, which is all I had. And start running! I had to run this parking garage, get to the fourth floor to get over to the terminal. And I get there, and I and I get through. Luckily, there was you know, of course, there's more people like me, and there are long security lines. And luckily, people are nice enough to let us go ahead of them, you know, because they're like, they're like if you ask people and they say it's cool, it's fine, you can do it. And of course, people like, yeah, yeah, you can go. Yeah, right. Situation- okay, wait.
0: So. So how does that work? I've never been in that situation. I've seen people who are in your situation and they're getting to the front of the line. Like, does anybody give you guidance? Like, what's the what's the protocol?
1: Well, that's what happened. We you know, we're standing there, and there was like a lady with her daughter who was on the same flight as as me. And um so we asked them, uh you know, like, hey, to the security lady right there, you know, like, we're we're behind some, you know, ropes, like, before you gotta enter the chute that winds up and down before you get to them, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the way that works. So, um, so anyway, um, we're like, hey, can we go? Our flight's ready right to leave, and yada, yada, yada. And the lady's like, if you ask these people and they let you go, that's fine. They're like, hey. And they're like, oh, of course. And of course, there was a lady who was like a
0: Catholic nun who, of course, was going to tell you yes. Right. Right. (laughs) How many people were we talking?
1: It ended up being it was that got ahead right at that moment. It was a mother and daughter. And there was like another girl and maybe somebody else with her. Uh, I mean, she might be alone. I don't know. They were kind of, you know, how many those people, people are
0: you jumping? How many people? Oh, you're probably
1: line? jumping 30, at least okay. 30 people. Yeah. Okay. Know? All right. Cause but I'm it thinking, only matters
0: to the people who are immediately at the front of the line. Yeah. 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 see. So I'm thinking at six six forty at a seven 15 flight out of Newark. Yeah. On a Friday, there's going to be, I don't know. 50 60 people in line well there was
1: several I, lines that was just for this because you know it's to enter the structure yeah yeah, no, that I, was I, just I'm, for this one person who has to check all your shit all the shit yeah. that you didn't need to do 20 years ago
0: i would have probably and 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 props to you because in the car at 6 45 i would have been like i'm never gonna make this
1: I, well, I was I just, afraid of that. And there was another lady running at the same time as I was through the parking garage. And of course, it's summertime in New Orleans. Yes. You know, how fucking hot. It was like, I again, I was a sweaty mess after doing yes. that sprinting with my fucking backpack of all my shit, which wasn't like super light, you know, because it was just a backpack of five days of clothes and a couple pairs of shoes, you know? Right. And I'm in the friggin loafers, like the driving shoes, because I want to be in shoes that are easy to take off when you go through security, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so they aren't even the greatest shoes to run in, and I know that affected me later on that night, because I woke up in the middle of the night when I was in a hotel, and I was like really hurting down in the um, like I was having some kind of charley horse down the shin area, you know, the lower calves. And I was like, ah, this probably has to do with the fact that I ran through the I ran through an airport in fucking driving shoes. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So, but then I get to the gate for my flight, you know, it was a Southwest, and they're in line still, you know? Still loading people <laughs> on.
0: God bless Southwest.
1: Yeah, well, um, yeah, I never got any update that I was running late, but I think it had a lot to do with that, because then you get on a plane. And the plane's basically fully loaded at this point. And they, um, the pilot comes on, and I was one of the last people to get on a plane. The pilot comes on, and they're like, all right, after everything that happened, we're going to hold here a little bit in case there's any straggling. So, I mean, it was cool that they held up the plane, but I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. I was just thinking about getting the fuck over there, because you don't think about that, you know? Right. That everybody's dealing with the same issue. But, but it was like... I guess if they really left at 7 15 and you know how they have all those rules now like i remember when i was younger like in college they'd let you hop on the plane as it was ready to pull away you right. know right. and now right. they passed all these new laws and rules that you can't do that because of terrorism um so my fear was oh they're not going to let you on but you know, if they probably would have held up that rule, that plane probably wouldn't have been half full, I bet. Right. who the fuck tries to get to the airport four hours ahead of time, which <laughs> seems like it would have... T- how much time you would have had to take to-, to get through all the bullshit there, you know?
0: Right. <coughs> which but- is precisely why I aim to get to the airport four hours ahead of time. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. It's, uh... So that was My dad,
0: who is a who who is a seasoned uh both domestic and international traveler, uh has instilled the uh the benefit of early airport arrival. It's like uh you ever watch that show Arrested Development? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, the father's always teaching them a lesson, you know, teaching the kids a lesson, and and he's like, that's why you always leave a note. And it becomes a running gag throughout the you know the the yeah. the, the seasons of the series. Um, that's you know that's why you always leave an extra hour on your airport time.
1: Yeah, but it's so still the um, sanest
0: mantra. Yeah, but it's still awful, you know. Um, so you made it. You get on. Boom. You take off. You're good to go.
1: Yeah. So i get there, then, you know, I had to take, like, a Uber I was taking Lyft, you know why? Because I was getting a quarter off all the rides. (laughs) Yeah, so it was, like, it was advantageous to take Lyft over Uber the whole time. Sure. Yeah, so I took Lyft all the way out to the place. Because those dudes, you know, they weren't going to come pick me up at that time of night anyway, you know? Plus, it's like a... time to land. I'll probably land around 9 something. Okay. You know, because you're going through the whole change of time zone type of thing. It's like a three and a half hour flight or so. Oh,
0: that's it? Yeah. Oh, Christ. I'd go to LA all the time.
1: For three and a half hours? Yeah. Yeah, what's it, like five hours for you? Six hour flight. Six hours, yeah. All right. Well, that does make sense. It takes like three and a half hours basically to get to New York from here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like equidistant basically. Right. By air. Um, I think technically they say it's a little longer than whatever. They give more time. Um Yeah, so I got in that night, you know, I hung out, talked uh you now they they had gotten two rooms. I guess originally it was supposed to be like one big suite, you know, and they had to end up getting two rooms. So I was rooming with Nate, and um, while Ryan was staying with his girlfriend, her friend, a different, but but I came to you know went to my room with Ryan and reminisced. You know, I had some old pictures that we had from college that I dug out of the archives. You know, talked for a little bit, and then I probably went to bed. You know, sometime after midnight. But I was bush. But of course, the problem also is I've been waking up a lot earlier here. Yeah. But but when I don't set an alarm, generally like eight o'clock is the outer edge. And since I was still in New Orleans time, I woke up like at six. Yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, six o'clock, I just gotta sit here and fucking roll and I didn't wanna like go turn on the TV and all this shit because Nate was in the was in the other bed, you know, and he's a seventeen year old kid. I didn't wanna bother him, you know. <laughs>
0: He's going to sleep till noon, if given the chance, because he's still in his own time zone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, but luckily, you know, Ryan's kind of an early riser. Plus, there was more of an incentive to get out early since we planned on doing the beaches. So he went down, you know, around eight o'clock, you know, went down, had breakfast in the hotel, you know, you know, like they do with the typical hotel breakfast type of shit, you know, waffles, you know, the.
0: Yeah. typical like kind of cereal bar granola yogurt
1: yeah 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 all that type of shit they had eggs and stuff too you know but it was all like made in the back and they put out there was no like omelet bar or anything like that you know
0: what what hotel was what kind of it was?
1: homewood suites which is like what are they marriott i think it is right yeah i think it's
0: a marriott property
1: so like it's geared towards like business people and stuff you know uh, like there was some type of biomedical engineering little conference going on there over we there, you know, nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but I mean, it was perfect, you know, because there was a uh, because they had a little gym in there, and they also had like a little um, uh, they had a swimming pool and a and a whirlpool out there, which definitely came in handy for me. Um, a whirlpool. Oh,
0: yeah, with uh, the charley horse. What's that? With a charley horse.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the worst. Like, when I woke up in the middle of the night like that, first night, and I tried to stand up, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. This is going to be miserable if this lasts. But by the morning, it was a little better, you know? And then it was just like, you know, I had to get rehydrated and stuff, you know? But so we went hit the beaches, and we came home and rested for a little bit. Uh, before i had out to dinner and then the other place i wanted to go we uh we had the we had uh nate had to stay back at the hotel because he's too young uh but we went to the comedy store
0: wait before before we get into the comedy store how are the beaches oh they're beautiful dude beautiful like
1: they're way better than Florida beaches. Way better. Okay. Obviously better than New England beaches. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. all right.
1: I mean none of another all beaches <laughs> most yeah. beaches are better than beaches in the northeast.
0: Yeah. Florida <laughs> yeah. was Florida was the comparison I was I was curious about.
1: Yeah, I mean Florida is nice, it's just that Florida is nice and even if you go to like Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is near the panhandle, they have really nice white sandy beaches there. But I don't know. It's even kind of, uh, i going to pull this stuff out of the oven. Um, it, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's not so much down. You go to Alabama, hey, you got a lot more rednecks down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do have some really nice stuff. But it, But a lot of the really nice beach towns... Are kind of are almost even sort of like recent phenomenons down here, you know, like on the Panhandle, because there are a lot of places that went basically undeveloped forever, you know, right before they finally realized, oh, we got all this beautiful beach property. Let's develop stuff. So they're kind of nice in that they're newness, but but they're not like they're not all the classic, you know. California-style beach towns. If right. you get where I'm coming from, you know. Yep, I hear you.
0: Yeah,
1: because you. Uh, you know California is all
0: about the beach. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody is all about the beach.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like you got the Santa Monica, and that's another thing. You see in Santa Monica, like I was saying, how nice it was. They had like a crew of, I assume, volunteers, like fifteen people out there picking up trash on the beach you know they had some type of t-shirts on but i think they were all like volunteer people that do it you know yeah like they're constantly and then you go to malibu and we went to one of the public beaches on malibu and of course that's very nice because there's not that much public beach in malibu right um but the public beach they do have of course is very nice you know because <laughs> it's um because if you can't park along the road, which that parking's very limited. You pay $15 to park all day. And then it was such a nice day that Saturday that it was just packed all to hell in Malibu. Because right. you got I mean, there's a reason people live in Malibu, man. It's beautiful.
0: It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Like man. we passed Pepperdine, and that was one of the most. Like, just on the highway,
0: you know? That's surreal.
1: Yeah, like, it's just like, look how fucking beautiful that place is. We it's didn't drive into it just because, you know, we were trying, because you're dealing with California traffic, so you just don't have time to go fucking around, you know? But it's just like, we passed
0: pass and It's like, holy fuck, look how beautiful that campus is. It's a it, college campus, which is, which, it generally speaking, uh, a legitimate contained college campus, in my opinion, are usually some of the nicest places to, to visit because yeah. I'm a big fan of college campuses. So they have that aesthetic. Now put it on the hill, put it on a hill, on a cliff, and now overlook the Pacific yeah. Ocean.
1: And then the other thing that's that you can tell why it's the college, the one thing about it that's different than most of Malibu, right across the street, no development. Because they right. own the ocean front right there across yes. the highway, yes. so and that's it's the their one huge area that's point. not a blockade of fucking uh, multi-million-dollar fucking mansions,
0: you know. And that's their huge selling point. There's a kid here um, who works for Hilltop. He's actually, she's actually the niece of Dave, of okay. the owner, and um, she's one of of she's a triplet. So they had three kids who graduated college and uh, graduated high school, and were off to college in the same year. Uh, one of them went down to Florida at like you know one of those state schools, uh, Tampa State or South Florida or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And the other one went to uh, George Washington. She wanted to go to to Georgetown but didn't get in and so she settled on George Washington and the other one was like I just want to get the fuck out of here I want to go yeah. to Pepperdine and her parents were like no 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 no, you don't understand how this works there's three kids they all have to go to college blah 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 and she's like well I'm going to figure out how to get to Pepperdine and I'm going to Pepperdine and she did she figured it out she got out there she, she got it paid for a nice scholarships whatever uh and she she absolutely loves it
1: yeah it's right because Nate. it was was ryan nate and i that like his his girlfriend and her friend they went off and did their own things they i think they were at the beach and um i think they were new i think they were out of venice that day but they were like we're gonna go do our thing y'all do your thing you know right which was totally fine um but, of course, Nate, you know, he's he's slated to go to Pepperdine, I mean, to Villanova. And so, of course, he's like, damn, it's like, uh, man, I should have looked into Pepperdine. Uh, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's looking up about the business school because he's going to be a business major at, at uh, Nova. And I think he's got a pretty sweet scholarship or something. And he's like, oh, man, that's what I should have done, you know. So later, I'm back at the hotel. He's reading all the the facts about Pepperdine, and all that. You know, it was pretty funny. You know, but it is it is very cool. You know, it's like oh, you see across the street. It's like oh, the one unspoiled patch of oceanfront property in Malibu. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That was that was the one thing about the uh, about my stay in that area that stuck with me. That it was Pepperdine. I still remember seeing it and looking right because we were driving up north yeah looking right at the school then looking left yeah out to those undeveloped beaches looking back right and saying wow yeah like, these kids got it right yeah no they kidding that
1: yeah i mean i always knew about Pepperdine being in Malibu but it doesn't really hit you until you actually see it you know so uh wait what was the kid's name Nate. Is he a good kid? Oh, a really good kid. He's way wise behind his years. Friggin' he's got his shit together more than I did and more than like Ryan did as a seventeen year old. Yeah. Thing is, he um I guess like four or five years ago, he you know, they were living in San Jose and he got some uh scholarship to go to some um exclusive like boarding school near Pebble Beach. Like, it's right near the Pebble Beach golf course. There's all kinds of golf courses around called Stevenson, so he's basically been living that life, like, in a boarding school already.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what? That totally advances you. I don't know the exact pros and cons of, of boarding school, and if I had a kid, I don't... Like, I liked the prep school experience. But yeah. I also went home every day. Same same as you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And like to a lot of my a lot of my development, I point back to CBA and say, uh, I got that from CBA. Yeah. You know? So yep. so that private education, if it if it's good enough, is 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 worth it to me. But boarding school is a whole other level.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's different layers too. Because then also you meet the the fucking spoiled bastards who were just sent off to kind of mediocre New England boarding schools, right? Because right, right, right. not all of them are fucking Phillips Exeter, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, um but growing up here, it was always kind of like. um it was always like if you went to boarding school, you know, uh it meant you were a bad kid because it wasn't like a New England because that's more like a New England concept,
0: you know. Yes, right, right, right. right. Yeah,
1: like in New England, it's like oh, wealthy kids that get sent off to boarding school, you know. But down here, I remember there there's a school in Mississippi. It's a Catholic school called Saint Stanislaus, and there's day students also. But I didn't know that until I actually met a day. Dace- But it's largely a lot of borders, and I always remember that was the threat. Oh, you screw up, we're going to send you off to, say, Stanislavs, because it was one of those type of schools, if you fuck up,
0: your parents will send you off there, and they'll get your ass set straight, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely not the Massachusetts model.
1: No, no, no. It's not a military school, because there's also the military schools like that, too, you know, which... You always see, like, on TV shows, they'll send you off to a military academy. They'll set your ass straight, yeah? You know? Right, right. <laughs> Which would seem very miserable. Gone into some shit like, uh, like, out a TAPS or whatever, you know? You know that
0: Oh, yeah. Imagine movie. being, like, a, a pubescent or adolescent kid and then having to go away, not only to boarding school, but a military-style oh. boarding school. Uh, completely friggin' that. awful. Oh my God. Completely I that off. would fuck me up for years.
1: Yep. Yep. You end up like uh, Chet
0: from uh, Weird Science. <laughs> you know who went to, uh, to a boarding school? The only person I think I know, the only person I know well who went to a boarding school um, was Liz Stillman.
1: Okay. Fredo went Although, to a boarding school. Oh, he did? Yeah, he went to Avon Old Farms in oh, Connecticut. Oh, that's right. Yep. I Yep. But the that. thing is, you know, it's funny about that, speaking of that, like Fredo, you know, he's from El Salvador, and that's probably one of the reasons he was sent there, you know, because they wanted to get an American education sort of thing, because there's a lot yeah. of kids like that at that school in California, Nate was telling us like his roommate was from China, and they're so, like they, it seems to be the border's are more likely to be Chinese students now because you can go there as a day school type of thing, you know? Right. Out there. But, you know, and this I'm sure this is like a twenty year phenomenon, you know, because you're saying how many Chinese students they had there, you know? Right. That's always been a big thing, international students. Because you remember the movie Toy Soldiers with Sean Aston?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where
1: they're at the boarding school and and what is it because one of the international students who's Father is connected to drug kingpin or some bullshit.
0: <laughs> right right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so fredo went there and i know a few other people from Syracuse that did that went i know somebody else that went to avon old farms with fredo you know it was like a year or two earlier but i had never known prep school people before that you know yeah i remember reading the books about him in high school you know like a separate piece and catch catcher in the rye and shit yeah wait what's separate piece about it's it's a book that takes place like in a new england boarding school i think it's like it might have been around world war Two or something kids getting that are getting prepared to be sent off to war or some shit it's like a typical like typical book that they Friggin' assigned 14, 15 year old kids in high school. Like, in what's the American book about St.
0: Thomas More? A Man for All Seasons? A Man for All Seasons. I couldn't remember if I had read A Man for All Seasons or if I had read a separate piece in yeah. high school. And it was a separate piece. Yeah. It's that a problem in high thing, school. Yeah. Especially since you went to an all guy school, probably and- even more commonly. You must have read A Man for All Seasons in that political film and fiction class. Okay. Because you read the Sir Thomas More, and you talking about Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You took yeah, that class. with um,
1: yeah, I took that class. Yeah, with what's his name?
0: I don't remember his name. Frohawk. Yeah, Frohawk. Oh, good, good memory. Yeah. Um. And and it's juxtaposed with the with the with the a story of Galileo. I don't remember what it might be called. Galileo.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, we didn't have we didn't do that one when I took. But uh, okay. Our, yeah, we uh, watched A Man for All Seasons and went through it in high school. You know the the uh, Academy Award winning movie.
0: Yeah, and why did I? Oh, because it's uh, um, Robert Shaw is in that. Yeah. And I just watched Jaws for the first time this weekend.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, man. I that's the best fucking movie in the world. Yeah, Jaws is a great film, and he's unbelievable.
0: Quint. Yeah, Quint. He died he a few kill, years ago. The whole damn thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, like a heart attack or something unexpectedly. But yep. Um. All right. So he's a good kid. Um. So you don't mind that 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 you're palling around with... I don't
1: mind I'm palling around with Nate because this is how long it had been since I seen Ryan. He came up in 1999 when I graduated to hang out. Yeah. In that time, you know, he had met a woman, had a kid, got married to her, and he would tell me all about his kid all the time, you know? And then... um, And now I was finally meeting him. So I was... It was pretty cool, you know, because Ryan and I were really close friends. And so it's cool that I'm getting to hang. And I think Ryan want me to hang out with this kid, you know, because one of our other fr- good friends that we had there, who also didn't make it all the way through Syracuse, uh, by Gary, who lives in New Jersey, in northern New Jersey, you know, he, he knows him well, like, like Ryan's not going to be able to go up to Philadelphia, like to uh, set the kid up for school. You know, because he's out there, so it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, so he's flying into New Jersey, and Gary's going to pick him up and drive him to school, you know? Oh, that's cool. That's <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I mean, it is, a, it is really a pain in the ass if you're coming from the West Coast, and you're not one
0: of these typical um, rich uh, college kids from the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I, when I was looking at schools, I, you know, whatever, I had no idea I was going to be a psychology major. So I could, you know, you can go anywhere. Right. Yep. It's not like, uh, you know, Reardon and Peters were interested in communication. So they were, they were focused on on new house and, yep. and Northeastern and Northwestern. But you know, Syracuse was where they gravitated towards. I could have gone anywhere. So I'm looking at West Coast schools, whatever. And yeah. my parents said, listen, you can go there, but you're getting two plane tickets, one there and one when you graduate. Hey. That's all that's all we can afford if we're going to yeah. send you out to college because, you know, out-of-state tuition and private school, a yeah. little deal. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I can sympathize. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's I really didn't right. go home. I wasn't going home frivolously. First year, I went home for like Thanksgiving stuff because my mom kind of wanted me there, you know? Yeah. But I mean, later on, even I quit going home for Thanksgiving just because it was a pain
0: in the ass because you didn't get a full week off either. Right. Right. You were leaving Wednesday (laughs) midday and you had to be back Sunday.
1: Yeah. I was like, that's freaking terrible. You know? Like sophomore year, I ended up gone with Ryan, as you know the famous story. Yes. And then I spent two years with Goldberg. My fifth year I did go home for Thanksgiving because it was my fifth year.
0: Yeah, by that point. Yeah. So, um uh So you hit the beach, you hit Malibu. Yeah,
1: and then we came home, hung out for a bit, you know, had to like you know, get some rest. Uh, because one of my other big plans and I told them I told Ryan early on, I was like, I'm definitely gone to uh, my plans. Definitely go to comedy store, you know, and he's like, oh, and he called me. He's like, oh, well, we go to uh, like a couple of weeks before he's like, go to Laugh Factory improv." I was like, no, no, I got to go to the comedy store. I was like, because that's my Mecca, you know, right? Like, that's the one that was owned by Pauly Shore's mom. Yeah. Mitzi, who just died a few months ago. I was like, that's the one like Gary Shannon, and George Carlin, Letterman, you know, all these guys, you know, got their start in. You know, I was like, that's the one I want to go to.
0: Remember a-, a while ago, I was telling you, I got into this podcast, uh, and I don't even remember what it's called now, but the whole premise was um, Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla's crew. Yeah, 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 Made that that. movie basically to mock this asshole guy. Um they all got their start at the comedy store. Yeah, okay. They would do a a show on Monday and it was almost like an open mic. Yeah, I think um, I think Monday is open mic. Because I was looking at they have open mic still, obviously, you know. And that's where they all kind of congregated and they met and you know they kind of got that little you know west coast comedy mafia kind of deal where they're all just still doing yeah and maybe you would know their names maybe but not really but they're all working comedians they're all yeah yeah. you know like they're all legit
1: well that's funny when you go to the show so you know i went and bought the tickets online you know for the four of us to go and Twenty dollars, you know, for the to sit in the main room or whatever. Yeah, that's you know, pretty there's substantial three different rooms. There, you know, there's like the original room, the main room. I think the main, main room's where the bigger headliners are. Original room's a little step down, and there's one other room, and that's kind of like the lower level comics. Even you know, like it's uh, so uh, bought the tickets, and the headliners were Mark Maron. Uh, Chris D'Elia, who you know, Mark Barron is, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah. you do. If you're a podcast guy, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I knew him We're, well before podcast because he's been around for a long time, yeah, you know? yeah. And then this guy, Chris D'Elia, who's been on several TV like he was on that Whitney Cummins TV show as her boyfriend. On that, I don't know if you remember the Whitney, the short lived Whitney Cummins sitcom was it just called, called Whitney, Whitney. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and he's got a netflix special and he's kind of like uh kind of a big uh he's kind of well known right now and neil brennan who is david chappelle's writing partner okay you know he's uh you know he's he was like his collaborator for the Chappelle show and all that you know got it so they were the headliners you know you pay 20 bucks and then of course there's like five or six other comedians and we finally left there after we knew no more headliners were coming out anyway and it was kind of late and i was i was fading for a while to be honest with you because it was a long fucking day
0: yeah not only are you still not your internal clock's not adjusted yet yeah you you got up early you spent the whole day in the sun Yeah, yeah 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 that's a that's a that's a big you know that's a big energy drain.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, so that's a that's another thing. Yeah, being in the sun all day. Um, but uh, but I mean, at least I got to see the three headlines, and that's all it that really mattered because there, some other people came on. Some of them were doing stuff that kind of sucked, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Funny thing is, there was one guy that came on. And um, you know, occasionally I watch these old Johnny Carson, and I remember like a year ago see an old one and there was a guy and it was probably from like 1980 81 you know and giant carson they used to go to like the comedy store you know his his manager um that was one of the places they used to go and that's where they would find the comedians you know because right. you know the famous Johnny carson stories you know he he used to always have comedians on that was where a lot of people
0: you know Johnny carson liked you it was pretty much your ticket you know right he would call you over yeah you would get to stay for the for yeah. the next segment or whatever like that was the yeah. big deal
1: and um uh, funny thing is i only start watching getting cars uh comedians getting in cars getting cars getting coffee or whatever riding cars yeah, getting yeah. coffee or whatever and they have one and it's from like you know three or four years ago it's gary Shandling is on it and And I knew that was where Gary Shanlin got his start, you know, and they're talking about he's talking about getting called over and they actually Gary Shanlin Jerry go into uh, the comedy store like just in the middle of the day. They go and check it out, you know, Um, and he's telling all the story about that. And uh, and of course, I had heard this about Jerry before anyway. Mitzi Shore didn't like Jerry, so he never really performed at the Comedy Store. So he was performing at the Improv all the time. Wait, because why didn't she like him? I'm not really sure. She had, she just didn't like him. So you know, and she was in charge of the place. You know, so it was yeah. up to her whether you were going to get on or not.
0: Right. So she had like a personal beef with him. Yeah, not I don't just know the...
1: exactly how they don't really get so deep into the into it. I just I've heard him say it before too, how he didn't get along with her. She didn't like him for whatever reason. Yeah. Um uh, so uh that was kind of cool, you know, watching that after being there just last week, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so uh we went there and it's like oh so I was watching this old um giant Carson. Uh, and it was from like 1981, and they had this guy, Argus Hamilton, he was from, like, Oklahoma or something, and I remember watching the act, because I'm always curious to see, especially when it's guys who I've never heard from yet, I was like, oh, this is funny watching these guys that got their shot on Johnny Carson and didn't make it, you know? Didn't make it, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this guy kind of sucks, because I remember watching, because he's he's Oklahoma, and he was talking about some kind of corn-pone type of shit. Um but then I never thought of him ever again. I was like, oh well, that guy I guess, just never made it. Or, I guess Hamilton. I remember I even looked up, looked him up on the internet and it was like, oh, he's still performing, blah, 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 blah. But it's not but there's loads of dudes that never make it who are
0: still performing, you know, never really made it big, you know? Right. Doing local comedy clubs yeah. and county fairs.
1: But then I I used to watch that uh Norm McDonald podcast. And his uh, sidekick was a guy named Adam Egret. Ad- Adam Egret. Um I say egret because I know they sell some shirt, like who the fuck's Adam Egret? You know, like the bird. You right. know. Uh and it you know, Norm bust on the whole time. I think he was like used to be like the MC at at the comedy store or something, you know. Um and there was one where he was talking about being a recovering drug addict or alcoholic or something like that. And um, and he, he says something how his sponsor is Argus Hamilton. I was like, Argus Hamilton? I remember that guy from that Carson thing? You know, I was like, oh, <laughs> he's obviously still around at the comedy store. So I go in like the second comedian in the bill that night was Argus Hamilton. <laughs> No shit. Yeah, and he came out and he's talking about he came out there in 1976 or whatever. He's been working out as a comedian at the comedy store since 1976. He was actually pretty funny. And, you know, he said some very politically incorrect shit, but he was actually
0: kind of funny, you know? How much do you think they get paid? See, he's getting
1: paid by the club, and he probably does okay because he's been there forever. But I do know they were showing um, on CBS Sunday morning, they had about uh, Sebastian Maniscalco this weekend, who is basically, I think he's your age, Sebastian Maniscalco. He went out there in 1998 when he was 24. Okay. And um, he was talking about, now he, apparently, I've never watched Sebastian Maniscalco. I just don't think it's something I'd really be into too much because he's talking about his crazy Italian family, this whole act, you know? Okay. Um, His Sicilian fam, but uh, but uh, he was saying that he was waiting tables. He would go work a fifteen minute set at the at the comedy store, and he would get paid fifteen dollars for his fifteen minute set. You know, (laughs) so you probably got to work a lot. But I'm sure this is like right right when he was breaking in. You know? Yeah, sure. so I don't know what a guy who's basically in residency who's been there for 40 years like Argus Hamilton gets, you know, but I'm sure he must do okay, you know, because there are bu- some comedians, you know, like Mark Maron's not employed by the comedy store, personally, because those guys are big enough to do whatever, you know? Yeah, right. But like guys like Argus Hamilton, they're basically like house comedians,
0: you know? he gets like a hundred bucks a set?
1: Probably more than that, even. But even right. but there's even a warm up guy who's employed who's a a budding comedian he's a comedian but his job is he's the warm up guy for Yeah. Tommy. so he comes out right there in a t-shirt to warm up the Crows. You know, he's right. not he's just doing his stand up act as the warm up guy, not even as like like an Argus Hamilton or whatever. Yeah, of he's other. not
0: even on the bill.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know how much he's getting, you know. But I mean, I know he's not getting rich.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Yeah, you know he probably really couldn't afford to just do that. Yeah, he's you got know? to
0: wait tables or, or, or yeah. I mean, he,
1: that guy was married. Is married the warm up guy, Argus Hamilton probably also goes and does private events and stuff. You know, just like a guy like that's probably always doing something because you kind of have to.
0: Bailey was trying. Jay Bailey was, was, uh, he lives out in LA and, um, he's been out there for, for a long time and he was trying to break into the entertainment business. He works in television, um, but I don't know, something in like ads or analytics or, you know, not entertainment as we know it. Yeah. Um, but he was trying to break into, Either, either music or, or, or movies. Oh, he was writing scripts. That's what he was trying to get a script okay. sold. That shit's and hard, man. It, he didn't get a script sold, and he spent his time working as a, like a bellhop or something, working at okay. a hotel. Yeah, which I guess is pretty common, pretty common out there. So yeah, yeah, I think all those folks are, are you know, are just working the hustle. Yep, just to try to stay out there because you can't get anything done not being there. If you're not there, yeah.
1: A guy at the office tonight, you know, he's like, "Oh, I think I'm going out there soon." I was like, "Oh, uh, he's like, yeah. Well, my son moved out there nine months ago. He's trying to be a stand-up comedian, you know. Yeah. And his son had done like two years in college. His son's 24. He said he did two years in college and just saw it wasn't for him. And he was doing shit down here, but." You gotta you gotta move to somewhere like that if you actually really want to do it, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. You gotta move to New York or L.A. if you really want to do it. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna be a musician, I feel like you gotta move to New York. If you wanna be in television or comedy, or especially the movies, you gotta yeah. move to L.A.
1: Yeah, and I'll, you can. Uh, LA is big for musicians too, because there's a lot of like yeah, studio whole, guys out there too. You know, because I totally, know a couple it's a of guys. West Coast scene. Yeah, yeah, I know a couple of dudes uh, from the Boston days, like guys from uh, that were Berkeley College kids who are out there. You know, and they're not rock stars; like they're basically like studio musicians, shit. Because if you're a good studio musician,
0: you make good money. You know? Oh yeah, what were those guys back in the seventies? They uh, what, what are they called? You are talking the, uh... about like
1: the uh, the wrecking crew.
0: The wrecking crew, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then you had the Swampers, you know, the Muscle Shoals, you know. Yeah. They were. They were. That's what. That's what Muscle Shoals was. Is that They had a great house band. Yeah. Right. right. The, the you know, as the song says, Muscle Shoals has got the Swampers. They've been known to pick a song or, a song or two, you know. And like oh, all that's the right. yeah, that's what. Like Aretha yeah, Frank and all these people—they were going out there to record two two with the Swampers, you know, because they were just a great studio band, you know.
0: All right, uh, man. Uh, yeah, uh, hey, so, so let's was... do this. Let's do this. I know you got uh, you got a roast in the oven, <laughs> chicken, sweet potato. Let's. Uh, so that that's you, we we just we just finished up your second day. You just you were fading at the comedy club. Um, so that leaves Sunday. Is your is your Dodger game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is all, all right, that
1: I, happened on Sunday anyway. Yeah. So,
0: so let's hold on to that because I want to get into that. All right. I'm really interested. Um, I'm really interested in that trip. I'm really interested in Dodger Stadium, Dodgers, the whole experience, the whole. Deal. Yeah, that was very cool. All right, then. On that note, with apologies to Kirk's brother, uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday.
1: Yeah, and a belated happy birthday, Fredo. Happy Feliz Cumpleaños, Fredo. His birthday was like a day or two after mine. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, Feliz Cumpleaños, mi amigo.